Hey, this is Tom Gresham. First of all, let me thank you for listening to Gun Talk on the podcast. And while you're at it, be sure to let your friends know about it, because some folks don't know that they can listen to Gun Talk on the Internet. While we're at it, you got to go check out Gun Talk TV. It's our new website with all this video with instruction about shooting and new products and all kind of cool stuff. It's guntalk.tv, guntalk.tv. TV, check it out, let people know about it because it's a great place to either learn about a new shooting discipline like trap or skeet or self-defense, or if you're very new into shooting, you can go there and learn the absolute basics. Guntalk.tv. Thanks. It's Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, where all the women are fast, all the men are accurate, and all the children are aware of their muzzles. That's right. Just sit back, settle in. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite hobbies, guns, shooting, gun collecting, you know, traps, skeet, sporting clays. And we'll talk about personal defense, too, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm Tom Gresham. The name of the show is Gun Talk. We're talking about guns. So if you like guns, this is the place for you. If you don't like guns, this is the place for you. Because we could probably... Well, at least we'll have something to talk about, okay? I'm not going to try to convert anybody. If you like guns, that's great. We'll talk about what kind of guns and what to do with them and how to store them safely and what your responsibilities are and what's going on in the world. If you have some questions about that, I can help you out. If you're trying to figure out 9mm or 45, what's the best one? Yeah, we'll tackle that for you. You know, and, 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 and the 380 may be coming back as a real possibility. There's a new firearm been introduced by Ruger, little bitty, Keltec size, 380. Very, very nice. And if you want one, you better get your name on a list because they have so many orders, it is unbelievable. It was introduced in February at the SHOT Show. They're not going to be able to make enough of them. It is slick. It is really a nice little gun. And uh, so take a look at that thing. Our number is 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. Talk guns, and we're open line, so if it's about guns, you can call us. Now, you know, the one thing we don't do is we don't do shout-a-thons. I don't shout people down. I try to treat people in a civil manner, and I expect that from other people. And for the most part, we pretty much get that. Let's talk about guns. Uh, on line four, Jack's with us out of Salt Lake City. Hey, Jack, welcome to Gun Talk. Well, Tom, I think you're a pretty awesome guy. I really love the show, but you're going to have to forgive me. Last week, I... Uh... <clears throat> Sorry about that. I was I missed your show. Um, oh my goodness! Oh my, forty lashes. I know, and so uh, I missed the uh, conversation about the Supreme Court. Ah. A few and a few minutes ago, when you're uh, talking about that, I had to turn the radio down to answer a call. I'm on duty right now. Sorry. Uh, if you could uh, just let me know, uh, have they made a ruling yet? No. About to. No, the ruling will come in uh, probably mid to late June. It will be right. I'm, everybody's guessing it's going to be right at the end of this session for the Supreme Court. The, of course, the arguments were made on the 18th of March. This is the Second Amendment case, DC gun case. Now, are you a law, law enforcement officer? Yes. Okay. Um, and, go ahead. And I, uh, I'm a third time caller. I apologize, but I have to. Uh, That's okay. I do have to say I am also one of the biggest advocates for personal firearms ownership. It's like, you know, 
why do people carry guns? Because a cop's too <laughs> too heavy to carry on your head, you know. <laughs> so, and 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 also remember that when seconds count, cops are only minutes away. So, Jack, you're not offended when I say that? Look, uh, the. The police are real good at what they do, and if you can get a five to ten minute response time, that's good. But it's way too much time to wait for help. You're not offended by that? It, it, no, hell no. Oh, heck no. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you if you really want to look at the reality of it, if you uh, can get a five to ten minute response time, mm-hmm. uh, you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, let, let's look at reality here. Uh, um. Uh, Stand by. Bet. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. You, you go ahead and take that call. I'll, I'll talk while you're taking um, your call. Uh, the, the reality is, okay, you know, we can only do so much, and we are really good at what we do, and that is mopping up. Because the reality is, we are usually there to try and take care of the situation afterwards. No. But about the Mini 14. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. I love the Mini 14. Do you're you right, now? You are oh you bet the you are right on the mark. It is a civilian design based upon a military inspiration. Right, and uh, we have I, I can't even tell you how many pallets of ammunition we have. We've got three of them, and we have shot so much through them, and we have never had a malfunction. It you know, is just a, oh it, they are just the amazing amazing weapons. It, it also it also occurs to me there's another benefit to the MIDI 14 over the AR-15, and I like ARs, okay? Uh, uh-huh. But an, another benefit is it's not scary looking to a lot of people. Oh hell, oh heavens no! You know, because it's it's a it's a wooden stock, it's more traditional, and uh, you know, and some people you show them an AR and they go, oh, military gun, you know, assault weapon, et cetera, et cetera, all this, you know, and in a MIDI 14 they go, oh, that's kind of neat looking. Absolutely the same functionality. Works exactly the same way. But, you know, that's just, a, whether that's good or bad, I guess it's going to be individual, but it's an interesting, interesting thought there. Well, we have some that are customized for law enforcement use that, mm-hmm. uh, they, and, and, and don't get me wrong, they are extremely modular if you get the right, uh, you know, website to go to to get parts. This is true. You can, you can stock them and do all kind of stuff to them. Oh, yes. And, you know, they are just, I, I cannot say enough good about the little minis. They are just, as a ranch rifle, my personal ones, they, they make an excellent ranch rifle because when I'm not down here in the Big Valley, I, I, I go up to the mountains, and that's one of the conversations we had before about big bores and handguns and stuff mm-hmm. like this. But nonetheless, it's like, uh, oh, my gosh, they are excellent ranch rifles. Coyotes hate them, and uh, jackrabbits uh <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> yeah, they're uh, basically what they are is a really good truck gun. They are they're a good law enforcement gun. They are a good uh, uh, ranch rifle. They're just mm-hmm. good truck. But yeah, they are but, just about good for everything well, except bears. There's a reason they've sold so many of them. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, I mean, let me let me do this for you also. Um, backing up to the Heller case, the Supreme Court case. Uh, uh-huh. if, you, if you go to my website, guntalk.com, uh, okay. there's a news item there. Click on the news item, and it's about oh, a page worth. And it's kind of my real quick synopsis right after the case was argued, but it has in it two things that are important. Links to, I, I have the audio file of the entire arguments, oral arguments, about 
an hour and 20 minutes, something like that. And you can uh-huh. listen to the entire arguments, what the justice has said and all that. And I have the transcript on the website. So you can read the transcript while you're listening, and it's just as though you are sitting in the Supreme Court and listening to it and figuring out what's going on. So it's, it's about an hour and 20 minutes, and it's important. It's, it's historical is well, what it is. Well, tell me then, okay, you've probably listened to it, and mm-hmm. I have not had a chance to, but... Mm-hmm. Did they bring up the fact that whether or not the uh, the uh, wording of the Second Amendment is such so that they can make a decision upon it, regardless, this has become a very long-standing, since before our country was even born, a long-standing practice that individuals have long time taken this as a personal right, not granted by, but protected by the Constitution. Actually, it did come up, and it was brought up by, I I, I want to say it was Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts. I'm not sure. I have to go back and check. But the comment was made that it doesn't say a right to keep and bear arms. He said it says the right to keep and bear oh. arms. That oh, means excellent. it already existed before they wrote the words. In other words... The, the right to keep and bear arms existed before the formation of the United States of America. And all this did was put down on paper, this guarantees the right, rather than saying a right. When I heard that, I went, hallelujah, we're home free. Well, maybe not, but at least it's a good good sign. Oh, excellent, excellent. You, you made my day. I well, that's great. That's great. Listen, I appreciate you calling and filling me in on uh, the duty use on the 14. Listen, partner, you be safe out there, okay? It's a it's a it's a tough job. We ask them to do a lot of stuff that, frankly, we wouldn't do. Remember that when you need them. Okay, eight six six talk guns. Eight six six talk guns is how you reach us. I'm Tom Gresham. This is Gun Talk. You want the newest rifle innovations, and that's what the Smith and Wesson Eye Bolt rifle delivers. From the match-grade barrel to the one-piece weaver scope mount, this gun defines the next generation of rifles. Your eyebolt rifle includes patented features such as the easy-turn bolt release, true-set trigger so you can set it the way you want it, recoil reduction chamber, X-bed stock design, its stronger, lighter, and flush sling mounts. Get the details on the eyebolt rifle from Smith & Wesson. Visit smith-wesson.com. Your AR-15 should be a sound investment, and Stag Arms has you covered. Made from forged aircraft-quality aluminum, Stag is one of the most durable and dependable rifles in the world. Makers of the only true left-handed carbine, Stag Arms has been tested and battle-proven by elite SWAT teams. Every component is made in the USA, so you get the highest quality, whether left or right-handed. Each Stag Arms rifle carries a lifetime warranty, too. Call 860-229-9994 or go online at stagarms.com. Browning has been the leader in auto-loading shotguns from the very beginning, starting 90 years ago with John M. Browning's famous Auto 5. But Browning designers haven't been sitting still. Their new model, the Gold, redefines what a gas-operated shotgun should be. In wing shooting, feel is the key, and the Gold flies to the shoulder with a liveliness never before seen in an auto-loader. The shorter, lighter-weight receiver puts the balance between the hands, where the top shooters want it. And the short piston stroke makes for an extremely clean shooting gun. The Browning Gold adjusts automatically to any load from one ounce target ammo to heavy three-inch magnums. 
And unlike some 20s, which are built on a heavy 12-gauge frame, the Gold 20 is a true 20-gauge, using its own smaller action. Of course, all Gold shotguns exhibit the high quality and attention to detail that shooters everywhere have come to expect from Browning. Discover the new standard, the Gold standard in auto-loading shotguns. Check out the Gold 12 and 20 at your local Browning dealer. If you want to shoot better or help someone get into shooting, check out GunTalkTV.com. This is Tom Gresham. For firearms basics as well as advanced instruction, you don't have to leave home. It's called Gun Talk TV, and it's firearms video instruction online at GunTalkTV.com. That's GunTalkTV.com. You'll find all kinds of instruction, plus lots of gun safety video at GunTalkTV.com. Hey, we're back with you. 866-TALK-GUNS. Paul is in uh, online, too. He's in Milton, Florida. Hey, Paul, you're on Gun Talk. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Our Florida legislature, upper and lower half, passed two versions of a bill that will require businesses to allow people on their property in their cars with guns, such as employers and and, uh, customers and so forth. And I'm kind of mixed feelings about this. I think it's a good idea. I think... I should be able to carry a gun anywhere I want, and if, you know, if I want, was going into your house, I think I'd ask you if you minded. I'm sure you'd say no, but mm-hmm. but I also big advocate of private property rights. Uh, right. I I I, I kind of hate to tell people what to do with their property. What do, What do you think, and what do your listeners think about this mixed feelings? Do you have mixed feelings or not? You know, I kind of do, but not so much, really. I mean, I understand they say property rights, and yeah, I'm a big private property rights person and all of that. But um, being able to tell somebody you can't have a gun in a public place. Now, remember, these are businesses open to the public. Or some are employers or or, uh, uh, factories and so forth. Yeah, okay. Now, are they saying that uh, you – now, I'm I'm not sure. Are they saying that you – they would have to be able to – they'd have to let the employees come in and have their guns concealed, or are they saying uh, in their cars? No, no. Right now they can restrict it, but they want to make it so they can keep it in their car in the parking lot. Yeah. See, I think that's actually a good thing. I think it's good to have the regulation that the employees can have it in their cars. There's no issue of safety. Uh, neg- there's no negative issue of safety for the company with the guns in the cars. There's a huge issue of safety for the employees who, if you're saying you can't have a gun in the car, it means you must go to and from work defenseless. Tom, let me tell you what I hear. Oh, Somebody's going to get mad at their boss. They're going to run out to their car, bring the gun in there, and kill 15 people. It's an awful idea. You know, it's nonsense. Oh, sure. But- you get, well, that's the same nonsense. You, you know, that, look, you guys were the poster children. You were the gunshine state, remember? When the, yeah, when the, right. Remember way back 20 years ago when uh, Florida had concealed carry, and they said, oh, it's going to be the gunshine state. Blood will run in the streets. The gutters will be full of blood. It doesn't happen. It never happens. It won't happen. It doesn't uh, Look, it's impossible for it to happen because of the definitions. Criminals don't care. Criminals don't care what the laws are. They're going to do what they're going to do. People who are law-abiding, whether they've got a gun in their car 
or on their hip or any other place are not going to just get angry and shoot people. People who have concealed carry permits are 100 times less likely to commit a violent crime than the general public. So, Wish us luck, Tom. This is our third try at it down here. Then. Well, keep pounding. You know, I, I am at the point now, I'll tell you honestly, that gun rights are the same as free speech rights. And I just say, look, would you say you can't have free speech at your store? At your store? Would you say that you, you could you restrict that? Well, you know, that's like saying, well, we're, we're not going to let uh, blacks and Hispanics into our place. Well, that's a civil right also. This is a civil right. Free speech is a civil right. And... Owning guns and being able to protect yourself is a civil right, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, thanks for your input, Tom. You bet. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. It's not luck, luck there. I appreciate that. Jack is on line one, Milton, Florida. Hey, Jack. Yeah. How can I help you, Jack? Um, yeah, I've been shooting a, a 22 for a while, sir, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of new in the gun scene. And uh, I'm just wondering, what do you think it would be a good caliber to go up to? Tell me what you're shooting now. What, what kind of gun? Pistol, rifle? What are we doing? Uh, Ruger 10-22, sir. Okay. Uh, 10-22 rifle. And what do you want? It's all about what do you want to do. Are you want to talk about hunting deer or no, just sir. target shooting or what? I've never been hunting yet. Uh, like I said, I've only gotten into this um, the gun the past year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was wondering what would be something. Be, I, I, like, I want to do long range. That's what I want to do, just target shooting. Okay, uh, there are a couple of ways to go. If you want to do long-range target shooting, probably a nice bolt-action rifle in 308 would be, if, if you're looking for accuracy, mm-hmm. uh, 308s are very accurate. You can get ammo fairly inexpensively. There's no such thing as inexpensive ammo anymore. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a nice 308 rifle, and, and, oh, by the way, you can usually find some good ones uh, used out there. There are a lot of them, something like a... Uh, a Browning A-Bolt or a Remington 700 or a Winchester, you know, one of those, even a Kimber. But um, a 308 with a nice scope is a really great way to get into long-range accuracy shooting. Mm-hmm. And like I say, you, you, and you know, at some point you may decide you want to get into hand-loading and, and tinkering with that, but you certainly don't have to. Um, what do you think is better for long-range, a 308 or 300 Win Mag? I hear there's a lot of debate on that. Well, yeah, there is. And the th- look, I mean, you understand that the 300 Win Mag just pushes the exact same bullet that's in a 308 at higher velocity. Mm-hmm. That being the case, it will certainly make it a bit easier to hit targets at longer range uh, because it is going to reduce the amount of holdover or the drop that you're going to get. Uh, it's a kind of uh, it depends on what you consider long range. Out to four or five hundred yards, 308 is absolutely adequate. In fact, the truth of it is, in the hands of a really good rifleman, it's good a lot farther than that. But inside of mm, 400, 500 yards, 308 will do everything you want to do. It will kick a lot less. It will make a lot less noise. It will be a lot less expensive. It will not burn up barrels as much. The 308 would be my choice. Okay. All right? All right. Appreciate it. Good deal. Thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, line four, Leo is with us out of Oregon. Hey, Leo, you're on Gun Talk next. Yeah. Hello, Tom. Yes, sir. What I wanted to find out is what was the latest word on the uh, National Park gun carry? Oh, yeah. We haven't really had a chance to talk about that much because we've been talking about the Supreme Court case. Right. 
What's going on? Let me give a capsulization here so people can kind of catch up to where we are, okay? Uh, the National Park Service has for many years had a policy that you cannot carry guns into the park uh, loaded. They've got to be unloaded. Uh, that has been challenged. And, and now understand it's not a law. It's just a regulation. It has the force of law, but we don't have to go to a legislature or a Congress to get it changed. So that's been challenged. The National Park Service is now considering changing that. And the idea here is, and I support this, the law should be the same everywhere in the state. If you're in a national park and you have a carry permit, you should be able to carry in the national park because the state has already checked you out, trained you, photographed you, fingerprinted you, done the background check and all the rest of it. And you know what? There still aren't cops walking around to save you in a national park any more than they are in the city. So that's kind of where we are. Now, what's happened is... At first, the National Park Service said, oh, no, 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 we have this policy, and this is for your own safety. And, of course, they got slapped down on that one because we said, that's stupid. People got killed. People are getting killed. Women are getting raped. People are getting mugged in national parks. Don't tell me it's not happening. We have the stats on it. So we said, that's stupid. Now, you're not going to provide protection for us, right? No, we're not. And there are not a lot of cops along places like the Appalachian Trail. No, they're not. So it's going to be up to us to take care of ourselves. Yes. And then you get the same thing we were talking about in the last couple of calls. People are saying, oh my gosh, they're going to have guns in the National Park. Oh, well, you know what? People will get mad at each other and they'll they'll shoot each other. Well, it doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. It's These people are like from the Flat Earth Society. They're still arguing that the Earth is flat when all the data is already in. We know that people who have concealed carry permits don't do this. And yet, here we are, the same arguments from the same maroons again. So where we are is the National Park Service is going to come out with its recommendation of a policy. We don't know when. I'm guessing probably in the next couple of months. And then we'll see. It's a good thing. You know, what we've got to do is start taking back, taking back our rights, taking back, eliminating the places where they're saying you can't have a gun. Because each of those no-gun places, each of those so-called gun-free zones is very dangerous. It's dangerous to us good people. Don't care. They will carry there anyway. That's it. The the criminals are carrying there anyway. They already have their guns there. The only thing your gun-free zone does is make sure the criminals will meet no resistance. They will be able to rape as many women as they want to rape. They will be able to kill as many people as they want to kill. And the way you stop them, you know, if there's a cop handy, great. Say, uh, sir, would you take care of this for me? That'd be great. If there's no cop handy, you got to do it. No cell phones, no cell phone service. Not that that's going to help you in any way. So it's going to be up to you. Now, your question is, do you want to throw a rock at them, multiple assailants, or you want to have a tool that really works, that you've been checked out, fingerprinted, photographed, and you're ready to go, you've got your carry permit, there's no reason in the world you shouldn't be able to carry in a national park. Our number is 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. I'm Tom Gresham. This is Gun Talk.
Gresham's Gun Talk. Tom Gresham's oh, yeah. Gun Talk. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed, it, it is Gun Talk. I'm Tom Gresham. The number here, 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. Let's see, Tim, uh, line three, been on hold for a while. Thank you for your patience, Tim. Carson City, or is that Carson City? Carson Valley, which is just 15 miles south of Carson City. Okay, You're Carson Valley. Okay, good deal. Yeah, we're in the radio range. You did a little uh, phone-in with uh, Ira Hansen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm uh, in radio range of that program. Hey, okay. let's kind of do this quickly. I got a few points. First okay. off, DC, the DC case. I'm on about my fourth listen, and it just gets better and better. And I just <laughs> want to say that Alan Gura, or Gura, however you say his last name, yeah, Gura, is definitely he was oh three notches above the other two uh, solicitors. Uh, he, he is just so eloquent, and it sounded almost like a pre-rehearsed movie. I don't know how many times he actually rehearsed his every scenario, but he just did. Fantastic. What well, you realize? Yeah, you, you realize this was his first time before the Supreme yes. Court. Yes, and we could argue details, you know, machine gun this and that. But I, I yeah, agree yeah. with your uh, your take on it. I think it was uh, he tried to steer, keep the, the ship steering in the right direction. I think, he, and he just it's just so impressive to listen to. Well, good. So on to my on to my next topic. Um, I am just in, uh, starting reloading. I'm kind of a novice reloader. I've, I've got. A couple hundred rounds of 45 ACP done, and I, this kind of leads to another point. I've got two Kimbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's a three-inch ultra stainless steel, night sights, really nice carry weapon. The other one I picked, I bought the uh, BP 10-2, the high capacity 45 with a four-inch barrel, mm-hmm. and it's never fed worth beans. Now, when I used, I, I uh, made up some uh, reloads for it and um, kept the overall cartridge length just about 30,000 shorter than. The ball ammo that I was using, it mm-hmm. seems fantastic. Uh, I called Kimber, and I said, you know, that's great, but should I have to really worry about special loads for this gun? And they said, well, buy a new uh, recoil spring. I talked to the custom shop, and he said, you need to buy a new recoil spring. I said, well, should I be buying parts for a, a new weapon? I bought the brand new. Mm-hmm. So what's your – two questions. One, I mean, how much uh, – the, 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 the ammo I have a serious problem with is the Winchester full metal jacket two-thirds grain, you know, ball ammo, the kind of economy stuff. So, Let me tell you something. A gun that won't feed uh, 230-grain ball ammo needs work, and you should not have to pay for the work. That's what I... That's a real simple deal. That's the standard. If it won't feed that stuff, something's not right, and you just need to get it back to them, and they've got to make it right without a charge to you. You say, look, I bought this gun. It doesn't feed the standard ball ammo. Because, yeah. I mean, that's the easiest stuff in the world to feed. If it won't feed yeah. that, you know. Yeah, and it's got 500 rounds through it now. So, I mean, I, okay, I, I gave yeah. a good, honest try. Give, give, him, a, well, give, I'll, give I'll, him a call back, yeah. Okay. What, what else you got for me? Uh, with 185 grain versus 230, I've had people tell me, hey, load 185 in your 3-inch barrel 45. It's, it'll work better. Is that still a good load? I, uh, I seem to no, like it. It works well. I don't know. Um, you know, yeah. that's one of those you can argue either way. The problem here is the 3-inch barrel is going to produce less velocity. You're going to get a little bit more velocity out of a 185-grain uh, bullet, but yeah. – the real issue is there's a real good chance, a real good chance, that you're not going to get any expansion of the bullet anyway out of a three-inch barrel. Okay. So you may want to just stay with 230 grain. Okay. All right. Uh, next question. 
Yes, sir. My list moving here. Sure. Okay. Sure. Uh, we're we're going uh, to cut it off at four. So you make this one. This is the last one. This is your good question. Okay. Well, I got last one last question and two quick comments. I'll slide. Nope. In. Nope. Two, two, nope. Three. One, nope. Okay. One one and nine twist. What uh, for an AR? The one and nine twist. Two two three. What um, what uh, weight bullet? What do you want to do with it? Well, uh, uh, well, that's. Okay. Let's. No, we, you know, I mean, if, look, if we're hunting, no, look, if you're hunting deer, you need uh, you know certain bullets. If you're, you know, varmints with 55 grain, I I'm a real fan of the 55 grain. I just like 55 grain for everything, and I know a lot of people like the big, uh, the longer bullets, and that's great if you're doing long range shooting, and then you may need a little bit faster twist rate on it. But frankly, I like 50, 55 grains. Not real crazy about the 40, 45s. So that's where I am. Look, Tim, I'm sorry, but uh, I think we have exceeded our quota for today. Got to run. Uh, Mike is with us out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. Mike on line two. How you doing today? I'm great, Tom. How are you? I'm having fun because we get to talk about our fun stuff, don't we? Yes, we do. How can uh, I help you? Tom, I just uh, acquired a 303 British infield. Uh, it's still in the Cosmoline. Uh, we just had a new Gander Mountain store open up here, and I took it up there, and uh, they were able to run it through the computer and made some calls for me, and it was one of the last 303s made in England. Mm-hmm. It was made in 1955. It, it's still in the Cosmoline. It's ever been fired, and my question is, number one, what, is, is this a real collector's item? Uh, if so, what do you think it might be worth? Uh, and number two, is it is it a gun that I can go ahead and shoot and it's not going to hurt it as far uh, as its value? Okay. I'm going to have to depend upon somebody else to call in and let me know what they think of the – I'm not a gun collector. Don't even hang around with gun collectors. To me, they're tools. I use them. Understanding, though, that there are some guns that probably shouldn't be shot – this one might be one of those. And I'm going to need for somebody to call in and help me out here because I'm, I'm not a collector. I don't know if there's much value in that. Do you mind telling me how much you had to pay for it? Well, I got it from a guy who belongs to my VFW post, and I bought it from him. He's a retired Army guy, and he got it uh, from an armory uh, back in the 50s. Uh, I paid $250 for it. Ooh, yeah. Sounds like a deal to me. Holy cow. Yeah. My Okay, my initial instinct is to say don't. Shoot it. Okay. Get some more information. But let's do this. Can you keep listening? We're going to see if we can round up somebody who can tell us a little bit more about that. All right, great. I always listen on Sunday. Okay, well, let's do this. You keep listening, and I'm going to call out for some help. If somebody can can help us out, a uh, an unfired in Cosmoline, uh, one of the very last ones made, British Enfield 303, shoot it or preserve it as a collector's item. 866-TALK-GUNS. That's what we're asking at the moment. Uh, basically... As I say, I don't know. It's, it's not my my area. I don't know about collecting. I get guns and go out and make them go bang, you know? Doesn't mean I don't have a few of them, but they're not really like what you call collector's things. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. like fine pistols, Kimber has three new 45s for concealed carry. They're called the CDP series. CDP stands for Custom Defense Package. Made in the Kimber Custom Shop, CDP pistols have features like rounded and melted corners, tritium night sights, checkered front strap, 
ambidextrous thumb safety, all at a savings of over $500 what these upgrades would cost if added separately. CDP pistols also have lightweight aluminum frames, stainless steel slides, match-grade bushingless barrels, high-ride beaver tail grip safety, and beveled magazine wells. The list goes on. To learn more or to locate the nearest Kimber dealer, visit the Kimber website at KimberAmerica.com. Or call toll-free at 1-800-880-2418. Information will be sent absolutely free. That's KimberAmerica.com. 1-800-880-2418. I've been on the local police force for 10 years now. I've stayed away from different gadgets and gimmicks that were supposed to improve my shooting. A few months ago, when I was at the range, another officer was using Crimson Trace laser grips. I have to say, I was pretty skeptical at first. Well, he let me shoot his gun, and I couldn't believe how fast and accurately I could hit the target, even in unconventional positions. At that point, I became a true believer and bought a set for myself. They were simple to install and easy to use. Crimson Trace laser grips are not a cure-all. But when my life depends on it, that red dot clearly identifies my point of aim, especially in low light conditions when most shootings occur. You could say it helps bad guys make informed decisions. Get to your favorite gun shop and try a set today. Or contact Crimson Trace for a free catalog at the location of a dealer near you. Call 800-442-2406 or visit their website at crimsontrace.com. Whether you hunt with a bow, rifle, or shotgun, Browning has the clothing to get the job done right. Browning Outdoor Clothing is loaded with features that add comfort and functionality. Things like mesh moisture barrier strips, expander pockets, featherweight neoprene cuffs, the patent-pending gear retriever system, and seamless shoulder construction, to mention only a few. Visit Browning.com and discover for yourself all the features that make Browning Outdoor Clothing your best choice. Browning Outdoor Clothing, the best there is. Dear Lupo, during a hunting trip in Louisiana, a hidden stump capsized our boat. Among the items that sank to the bottom was the rifle my dad gave me and my Lupo's scope. After two weeks, we recovered the rifle, totally ruined. But as I wiped off the scope's lenses and looked through it, everything was crystal clear. Thanks for making such a high-quality, well-crafted scope. Brad Martin, Louisiana. Loophole, the world's finest sports optics. Call 1-800-929-4949 for the Loophole dealer nearest you. Finally, the television channel you've been looking for, the Sportsman Channel, dedicated exclusively to hunting and fishing programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Absolutely no infomercials or variety programming, just tried and true hunting and fishing. To see what you've been missing, visit us at thesportsmanchannel.com and call your cable or satellite provider and request the Sportsman Channel today. The Sportsman Channel, all hunting, all fishing, all the time. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to uh, Gun Talk. We're having so much fun, and sometimes we forget to come back and do the radio show. Uh, what are we doing? Well, we're talking about guns, of course. What, what would you think we'd be doing? Uh, let's go talk to Richard, line one. He's in Corpus Christi, Texas. Hey, Richard. Hey, Tom. I can answer the 303 infield question. Excellent. Uh, real quick. Uh, first off, I'm looking for a part. Now, have you ever heard of a Whitney 22 pistol? Whitney? Yeah. No. 
It was a bolt-over barrel made uh, similar to the Uzi, except it's a real spacey-looking weapon. Hmm. And it's a twenty-two. The only thing it had was a bad flaw in the firing pin. It had mm-hmm. a funny little horseshoe-shaped deal that sat on top of the firing pin to hold it in place. Mm-hmm. But there was no spring or anything to keep the thing from not firing. You know, you, you pop off the cap and have to, like, you know, shoot down to kill off a snake. The firing pin would be retracted into the bolt head. Mine jammed, and yeah, I had a long talk with God about that. Mine jammed, and I took it apart and promptly lost the firing pin and the retainer in the mud. Now, this was 30 mm. some odd, 40 years ago, and I'd like to get a new one for it, but I also see somebody's making these things now. I just don't know who made them, but it's a very handy and very accurate pistol. Hmm. Uh, i tell you who to call. Uh, okay. The, there's a half dozen or a dozen good gunsmiths, or they call them techs, at the Brownells yeah. Company. Oh, oh yeah, Brownells. Okay, I can do so, that. You, you have their number? I got their catalog. Excellent. A good man. Give them a call and say, look, I want to talk to the techs and just find one there, and they will know uh, where you can get the part if it's available, and if not, they can maybe direct you to this new company that's doing it again. So, yeah, give them a call. Okay, now, tell me, about, tell me about the 303. Okay, it's 303. I don't know if he has a Mark III or a Mark IV. I have a Mark IV Model 1T, which is the sniper's rifle that they took off the center line, Holland Hall, assembled them, and uh, all the parts numbers match on mine. It's a 1943 vintage. It's two-groove two rifling. It is extremely accurate. Hmm. At 600 yards, 40-some-odd years ago, I could pop a whole magazine flew into an oil drum at a 600 yards offhand. Can Whoa. I do that now, though? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that dang rifle gained about 15 pounds over the last few years. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, but what he has, it depends. They also took a lot of them after the war and re- recalibrated them to 308. Mm-hmm. And it is shootable. Uh, I, I was able to get 50 rounds of 303 for 50 cents surplus back in those days. But it is shootable. And I guess I don't know if it's a Mark IV, Model uh, One, or a Mark III, but it's a very rugged, accurate, and heavy rifle. Okay, here's a question for you. If he's yeah. got this thing unfired in Cosmoline, should he keep it as a collector, or should he just go ahead and get it ready to go and shoot it? If I was him, I'd take that and shoot deer and anything else he wants to with it. The collector's mm-hmm. items, they're selling some of these that were made in India at the Lahore Armory. That have been re, uh, that were barreled out for three oh eight, and they're selling them for as low as one hundred and twenty nine dollars in places. Okay, well, that, you know, you know, my answer is generally going to be take it out and shoot it because I I think yeah. that's what they're made for. You can't hurt it. People say, well, it's got two groove rifling. It's not going to bear it. Don't let them kill you, buddy. It's two hundred okay. yards. I could put mine inside of a fifty cent piece, ten rounds. Now, are you ready for a laugh? Real quick. Uh, I went into a place and on the door they had no guns allowed. Mm-hmm. And there was four of us there, and we were sitting there, and I asked the waitress, what was that sign for force to keep? And she said, well, the criminals see that. They don't know they can't bring guns in here, and they'll go somewhere else. And she was laughed completely into submission. She said that the criminals will look at a no-gun sign and then go somewhere else? Yeah. Oh, uh, you got that right. Did, did she get it when you laughed at her? No. Oh, my. Well, right, you're right. That's a good laugh. Listen, I appreciate it, Richard. We're going to keep running. Dennis, real quick, in North Bend, Oregon. Hey, Dennis. Hi. I just got a new toy, 762 by 39 and I've not loaded any. And I was wondering, uh, 123 grain, 125 grain, what uh, 
people would recommend for the recommended powder for that. Hmm. I've never and, loaded uh, the Seb 6 2 by 39 uh, so I don't have a powder that I can recommend. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll kick it out there and ask for folks who are loading. For those who don't know it, you should know, the Seb 6 2 by 39 is uh, most often identified as being the AK-47 round, but it's used in a lot of different guns now. So, uh, I'll tell you what, you keep listening. We'll see if we can't get you some information on this. The What is a good powder or what powder do you like to use for the Seb 6 2 by 39 round? For for reloading, it's um, like I said. I, I've not loaded that cartridge before. There's a bunch of them I have, but not that particular one. So need some help from those who have our number to help us out. Eight six six Talk Guns or eight six six eight two five five four eight six. Would you consider getting into reloading now with ammo prices going up the way they are? I'm thinking I'm going to be going there. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Gun Talk. By the way, don't forget, we have only one more day to enter to win or have a chance to win the free Browning gun safe. We're giving away a $700 compact safe. Browning is nice folks over there. You go to guntalk.com slash contest. And you just put your name and email address in there, and uh, you're entered. And what you'll get with that is you get newsletters from me, which basically say, hey, pay attention. Here's the Supreme Court information or, you know, news on various things, that kind of thing. It's not not very often. It's kind of like whenever we get around to it. But if it, you'll go to guntalk.com slash contest. You can enter to win the free $700 Browning Compact Gun Safe. All right. Let's go to the phones. Curtis, line two, Bountiful, Utah. Hey, Curtis. Hi. Uh, yeah, I uh, got my concealed weapons permit after uh, what happened at Trolley Square here in Utah where a guy came and shot up a whole bunch of people at a mall. Right. And the, the guy I took my uh, concealed weapons permit class from, he uh, he said something at the class that kind of surprised me. He thought that 9mm was a whole lot better than 45. And then I, after the class, I thought about it and researched it, and I found out that uh, there are 9mm bullets out there, the plus P, that get considerably... Uh, have considerably more energy, and if you use the Barnes bullets, the deep, the Corbon bullets, uh, it seems to me like it'd be a whole lot more destructive than shooting 45. So I, I went and bought a 9 millimeter, and I'm thinking that because I have, now have more bullets to shoot, plus each bullet, I think, is uh, more effective. I think I've got a better gun than my old 45, and I just want, want to run that by you and see what you thought. Well, there are... A number of gun writers who have made a good living for a long time writing about which is better, the 9mm or the 45. And if, you know, for a given amount of money, each of these writers will write it either way, however you want it. I can make the argument that the 9 is better. I can make the argument that the 45 is better. Obviously, with the 9, you get more cartridges. With a 45, you get bigger cartridges. Whether bigger is better or more is better, is going to be kind of personal choice. But to your point, and I think you are absolutely on target, if you will pardon the pun with this, the 9mm today is not what it was 30 years ago. Uh, you know, back then we were all shooting uh, full metal jacket, 9s, and they just they were not effective at stopping attackers. 
with modern ammo like Corbon, uh, you know, like the Barnes bullets, they're plus P loads, they're faster, higher velocity uh, bullets that do expand, bullets that do penetrate and expand. I think the 9 is quite a bit better than it used to be. So I, I'm not going to argue with your thinking. I think the 9 is, with modern ammo, is a perfectly adequate personal defense gun. I am not, however, prepared to say it's better than a 45. I think that the key there is to get you a 45 that carries a lot of, you know, a bucket of bullets and then you're good to go. But there are, you know, how about a 40 as a compromise? You get more, you get more power and you get more ammo in a 40. And that's, that's what's made the 40 so popular. You know okay. what? If there were a one right answer to this, we wouldn't keep going back to it. But because actually all the answers are correct, it's going to be personal preference. That's why we keep going back to it. Now, here's a question for you. What if you could get more ammo of adequate power in a gun that isn't any bigger? If you could have, you know, 15, 16, 17 rounds, maybe a 40 cal? That'd be pretty cool. Not that not that I'm aware of anybody who's doing that. Not that I'm privy to any information. Not that I know of an announcement that's going to be made or anything. But you know, I would never be able to hint about anything like that on the air. But uh, just in case, I think you did real well with your nine. Uh, the main thing is to go out and shoot the devil out of it. Have a lot of fun with it. Burn up you know hundreds and then thousands of rounds of ammo. If you can put them in the right place, they will do the job. If you can't. They won't. It's pretty much as simple as that. Shooting a lot is a good thing. Shooting a lot is a lot of fun. And that's why we like to do that, in case you haven't figured it out. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. We're going to keep this going, so call us. Get in line. 